What in the name of Waka Changi is that hand doing? Hey Snow! What the hell's going on here? You want to gain some patina on your body for summer? So that's why you're lying down under the scorching sun with half of your body in a tub of water? Oh, it's salted water. Now I know why the salt keeps disappearing from the kitchen. So, what results do you expect? Ah, uh, no, no, that won't work. You won't get a crispy caramel skin effect that way. No way. But you know, maybe I know a way. After all, it works for bezels and dials and vintage watches. If I put you in the oven, Grill mode on for a few minutes. You'll see. I guarantee a crispy caramel effect. Okay, now you get it, don't you? That's right, just go back to laying eggs. It's much safer. Bloody hands. episode of the Vintage Handhouse. Ten episodes already, thanks for joining us. I'm Benoit, your host, a Petit Seconds on Instagram. And it's a strange show today because it's two Frenchmen speaking in English and we've just been talking French just before, so <laughs> it's kind of weird. But uh, I'm welcoming uh, Guillaume from uh, France, near Lyon, uh, who is on Instagram, the patina boy, the underscore patina underscore boy. Hi, Guillaume, how are you? Hey Benoit, I'm uh, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine, fine, thanks. It's, it's great to have you here. Real vintage watch enthusiasts, all in simplicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy to be here, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. Um, just before we start, can you just give us a short presentation of uh, maybe who you are, how you fell down the rabbit hole of uh, collecting uh, watches? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm from France. Um, I think I started collecting my first watch about 12 years ago. Uh, I was walking in a flea market in Japan and I saw those few um, watches on the ground. Uh, the, the guy showed me a few watches and there were two that I really liked. Uh, a Thorson, uh, which was like, I think, a retailer um, version of an orator, a chrono from mm -hmm. the 40s, and a gold Elgin tonneau. Uh, and I, I bought them, and I think this was me starting my watch adventures. Um, and then, I mean, I, for a while, I didn't really, um, let's say, continue the, the trip. I was, I was pretty busy with other stuff. And uh, a while after, I, my interest picked up again, and then I went full, full collector mode. <laughs> <laughs> that means buying a lot, buying a lot of stuff. No, I mean by 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 going full on. I mean at least my interest really was uh, was there. I mean uh, most of my free time I've spent uh, reading about anything related to horology, um, browsing watches on on eBay or wherever, mm -hmm. and collecting little by little. But I I mean the biggest part for me was knowing about the watches before buying anything. So um, now my approach is a bit different. 
but back then i guess yeah i really enjoyed reading as as much as i could about the the domain yeah okay so what were your sources more books or more on internet or hodinki or french forums or yeah i guess i started with uh articles um or forums french forums as you said are, are very 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 a very good source for for knowledge um also watching videos i guess um this i do a bit less because the, the more you, you know maybe the less some youtuber can bring you knowledge mm -hmm. um i guess now I'm, i'm looking more into very specific stuff so you would find this in either books or talking to other collectors or people who are really uh, specialists on a, a certain brand or certain reference so yeah um and before we go into the the usual wrists and 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 ring checks we're still in the middle of watches and wonders so modern watch releases do you have any interest in modern watches in what's coming out uh, at at the moment all the big stuff that's been coming out the the marvel ap the latest uh, big gg on the court the uh, patek has just released the nice uh, calatravas and the uh, perpetual calendar do you have any do you have any interest in all this at all Um, I have a very distant interest. I mean, I I like to to see what's coming out. I've seen all those. Um, I'm following some Instagram accounts that talk about those. So this is my main source of um, getting the news from the mm -hmm. from the the new releases. But I mean, I won't wear those. I'm not attracted to to new watches. So I've seen all those, especially the Marvel AP and stuff, more in memes than other <laughs> than other <laughs> things. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, seeing the new the new releases uh, yeah. from Patek and recently Rolex also. But um, yeah, it's it's very distant. Just just for just to know what's going on. But it's, I'm I'm not I'm not going to buy any of those. Yeah, you don't buy any modern watches at all. Nothing that I think I've, I've never. No, I've never bought. Uh, modern watch to be honest <laughs> <laughs> okay might talk about that again a bit later sure, um, sure. we'll shoot into the the wrist and drink checks so maybe you can uh, tell us what's in your glass you were talking about a uh, 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 hen liquor <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was it this was just a joke to to uh, to make things fun but no what i'm drinking is um uh, an old-fashioned uh, so i really like this drink It matches the patina of my of my watch. Uh, yeah, here's the... I was going to ask you, what's the patina of your drink? And yeah, you it's exactly the pretty much the, the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same, like uh, caramel, chocolate, patina. Uh, and the watch is a co-branded uh, Jean-Richard Aquastar 60. Um, really cool, really yes. cool color. With a... <laughs> I, I had the the exact same one a few years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, okay, nice. the, the exact same one, uh, Jean-Richard Aquasta, beautiful watch. And I sold it. And you you regret. Know, yeah, and you know, there are some <laughs> watches you regret. And yes. this one I, I, I do regret because it was, a, mm. it was a real barn find. I had it on a vintage Tropic strap. It was great. And mm -hmm. so, so, so you also turned caramel a bit? Yeah, I guess it's... Um... It's caramel, a bit shiny. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Awesome. I'll have to see that one on your feed, which you've not posted it for a while. 
Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on a run today, a run recommended by a good friend, which I trying out tonight. So it's a it's a Ronaldes from uh, Panama, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and 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 it's bottled in uh, in Franche Comté where I live. So that's pretty fun, and it's really good. And the label is in a, is in a sugarcane fiber, so that's pretty dope. And it's uh, it's got kind of very Copper, caramel color, a bit orange, very light. Uh, so yeah, a nice patina on this room, and it's uh, it's absolutely delicious. It's the first time I open it. And uh-huh. A great recommendation, Ronald Test Room. And on the wrist, I have the the latest watch I've bought, which is a Universal Genève, kind of a, a military piece. Yes, so, I, I've seen it. Yeah. Yes, time time only with a military dial with the numerals from one to to twelve. Blue Dragium Hands. I bought this from Kevin at They Did, who's been on the show twice already, mm. and uh, who is always making me spending spend a lot of money on watches. Yes, amazing watches. <laughs> yeah, amazing watches. And it's got kind of a not eggshell patina, but the the dial's been radium burnt very evenly. So maybe mm. like a, maybe copper near salmon, um, a patina, really really cool. It's a small watch. It's a mil, but it was like a like a big one. (laughs) It's very nice. I've seen it on your. Yeah, it's uh, well. I've 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 only posted it in my stories because I got it a few days ago and uh, I've not been Mm. wearing it because it's big spring cleaning during my week off. So I'm Mm. just wearing my CWC and I thought I'd just switch off for the show. So 100% vintage tonight. Cheers to that. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Um. So and. Yeah, you you're the patina boy. Your collection is mostly focused around watches with patina, and so you know, patina damage. We'll talk about that. But uh, why did you focus mainly on this, uh, on on these kind of watches? Why not on? Because you have collectors that collect new old stock, and lots of people want new old stock with labels and boxes and stuff like that. And what's been attracting you to the other side of uh, damaged and uh, patina watches? Um, I guess uh, I was just not attracted to very clean or very pristine watches. Uh, my interest really on on watches with uh, with patina. I have no connection uh, with, uh, let's say, very pristine white dial watches. I just don't feel like uh, like they're the same object, to be honest. For me, it's more like a, a jewelry piece, or or maybe even a, a toy in a sense, because it's 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 not it's not the same thing as a as a as a vintage watch. Uh, whether I can I would con- even consider like NOS watches to be kind of new watches, so I put mm-hmm. them in the same category. So um, yeah, to me, it's it's just very boring, very boring stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just not attracted them when you when you have a vintage watch in your hands uh, all the scratches all the the time that you, you that you feel through the watch it's, it's very it's very unique and i don't feel that with a modern watch in my hands or even an nos watch. maybe you feel like you're contributing to the follow-up of the patina when you're wearing these i don't think i give them <laughs> Enough sun exposure or anything for, <laughs> for Fatina to develop, but uh, 
But yes, I mean, adding, wearing it daily, uh, having extra scratches. Uh, I, I feel I'm connected and, and it, it matches my, how to say, my way of, of life and mm -hmm. the rest of thing I wear. I mean, I wear like uh, uh, vintage leather boots or stuff or jackets or stuff like that. It would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't match if I, if I wore a very, very clean, uh, brand, brand new watch. So. Yeah, you you wear your watches. You don't collect them to stock them, and to and to accumulate them in a box or in mm. a shelf. You really wear them, all of them, regularly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really I'm not a safe queen kind of guy for for my watches. I, I wear them, um, and and if you've talked about something in previous podcasts, and I, and I kind of relate to that. It's the the one week challenge. Uh, trying to feel your your <laughs> yeah. watch on your wrist for a while and and see if there's still a connection and if and if there's not you would sell it and I kind of do the same uh, if I have a doubt or something I'll just wear it and then maybe I've really loved this watch in the past and mm -hmm. now maybe a bit less and it's time to let go to make space for another watch so kind of have the same philosophy and have you sold that Aquastar yet uh, which one. <laughs> <laughs> the one you uh, I nearly bought from you. <laughs> oh yes, I have. I actually have. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it it needs to to be um, there's something needs to be fixed before I before I ship it. So, but it's sold. Okay. Mm. Okay. That that's one less temptation for me <laughs> to get it. <laughs> I'll so, have other ones for you. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, I'll, I'll just wait when you sell your Jean-Richard because I didn't know you had a Jean-Richard Aquasta. Maybe, that, maybe that's the, the one I need to buy back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. We could, we could talk about it later. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you wear your watches. Often when uh, non-vintage watch collectors talk to me about the vintage watches I have because I wear the watches too. I'm like you. Of course, see, I'm spring cleaning all this week, so moving lots of stuff, bagging the watch around. I'm either wearing my Tudor Pelagos or my CWC uh, uh, military diver, which are very sturdy watches and not that old. But uh, a lot of people tell me, well, you know, aren't you scared of damaging it? Of you know, when I'm wearing my 1016 Explorer, which is a watch which which is worth lots of money now, I I'm sometimes a bit scared. A piece of loom will fall off, you know, or something like that. Uh, do you have any apprehension like that? Have you had any uh, bad experiences in in that sense whilst wearing a U watch and really, uh, you know, maybe uh, damaging it really bad? What do you mm. um, I guess not, but I understand what you mean. And for example, when I travel, uh, I usually wear the same two three watches that are really, uh, you know watches uh, or cheap watches that can endure you know temperature uh, sweat and a lot of movement which ones are they uh, I have uh, mostly Russian watches <laughs> so uh, <laughs> small Russian watches uh, I think it's um, it's uh, it's a polyot um, and yeah. I also wear my I have an Omega Seamaster that has a really mm -hmm. cool um, tropical patina. Um, it's 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 pretty light, and I thought I could build the patina on this one. I mean, add to the patina. So wherever wherever I go uh, in a in a sunny in a sunny place uh, for vacation or wherever, I try to wear it so I add some patina on it. 
that that's my kind of yeah. <laughs> is 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 that a white dyed one no I'm, I'm yes it's a wild it. dyed one but it's it's pretty creamy now <clears throat> so okay mm. oh that's fun and these are sturdy enough you're not scared of bending them around no 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 not at all i think they're they're pretty solid no problem i think it's more about the strap for those uh maybe i wear a nato or a bone clip mm -hmm. on those just to be able to move around without being scared of the sweat killing the leather bracelet or something like that yeah mm. yeah sure so basically, if you have the choice, let's say tomorrow you're buying a Rolex 1016 Explorer. Mm. Well, one of my favorite watches. Mm. Um, you have the choice between buying one which is in really mint, pristine condition. You know that it's been in a safe. There's still all the all the brushing on the lugs, and you know, and and of course the uh, the loom will will have gone a bit slightly patina, but not too much. Or one with a really strong tropical dial, you know, like pumpkin loom, scratches everywhere. Which ones do you go for? Well, this is a no-brainer for me. Of course, I'll choose the the tropical one. But um, um, yeah, I I have a I have some. Let's say I don't have a have a really strong connection with with Rolex. I must say um, there are mm -hmm. very few references I I kind of like. Uh, in fact, the Explorer would be one. Or either mm -hmm. a 1016 or a 6610. Uh, there's also a 6426 with like little stars um, that are that is. Oh yes, nice. that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I also like the Stellina and the the pre Daytona with no loom and two or three bubble back uh, references. But really, that's all. All the rest, I'm really not attracted to. You've got some the, Tudor though. You've got a really nice Tudor Ranger. Yeah, uh, and 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 this is the this will kind of connect with with what you're saying. Uh, I think this Tudor was was the it's, it's a Tudor Ranger in 1950, so it's very similar to the Explorer. Yeah, uh, but I really liked the um, the logo. I mean, the shield on it and the loom was very very beautiful. But as you mentioned. It had no patina, and at some yeah. points, I, even though I really liked the, the dial and everything about the watch, the bracelet, everything, I felt less connection than I thought I would build with the watch, and actually, I sold it. <laughs> I oh, sold really? it. Yeah, I sold it this week. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's 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 really pristine. I've got the uh, the photo, and you can find yes, it. Yes, it's, it's it's very clean. It's a very clean dial, and maybe that's why uh, it didn't feel like uh, me anymore. I mean, when I bought it, maybe I was very attracted to the the reference, and maybe in the future, if I find one like like this, but with a lot of patina, I'd probably buy it because I really like everything about the watch. It's just that the the die was just too perfect. It was as it was an NOS. <laughs> to be honest, it was an NOS watch. So um, yeah, looks yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you less connection than the than when there's something special. Maybe you you're looking for for uniqueness to have a watch that's different from all the others. Mm, no, to be honest, uh, it's not about being unique or having watch that nobody has i don't really care about that it's really about the connection i have uh, with the watch um as a matter of fact uh, watches with patina are per se unique but for me being unique is not the, the reason why i really like uh, the watches 
it, it just goes with your style. You were talking about vintage mm. leather, vintage yeah. jeans. Me, you, you collect vintage clothes also, or you have other, mm. other, other vintage collections or passions maybe that go with that? And that could explain. Collecting, um, maybe not, but I really enjoy like, uh, vintage uh, leather, uh, vests. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't really, I mean, I have a few of those. I don't collect as much as the watches, <laughs> luckily. Uh, <laughs> so I can afford more watches. So we all have limited money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's for sure. What about you? Do you um, collect other things? Uh, no, I've got a bit of knives, a few knives mm. just that I use, but I, it's, it's, it's the same as the, as the watches when I, mm. well, it's mostly not used knives, but I do use them. But I've always been collecting stuff and there's wine also, wine. Okay. Uh, a lot of wine and I, I was, I've, I've been drinking and collecting wine uh, for much longer than watches. Okay. And, uh, and I can't get out of that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't dress, I, I, I dress shit, you know, I don't think much about clothes. I've, I've, I've got, I've got really pale skin with blue eyes. So I just wear blue stuff. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't go very far with that. But, um, yeah, you, but, you would, if, if I go, go back to, to that choice between maybe the, maybe the two Tudor Rangers, mm. the mint one or the one with a tropical or patina dial, you would pay more for the one with patina maybe, or do you think to your eyes, at least it can be worth more than the other one? To my And eyes? we're not talking about market value, just personally. Yes, to my eyes, yes. Um, I, I I would pay more for a for a the same watch with a patina because the one without patina I wouldn't buy anyways. So <laughs> I I would pay the the premium for the for the patina. For example, I'm looking actually for a a Bolivar snorkel. Um, yeah. And they're 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 pretty they're pretty uh, uh, widespread. We can find some of those, but. The patina on, on this watch is kind of um, not easy to understand, and it, rare are the, the the ones having a tropical kind of dial. Most of those have kind of a, a stardust kind of uh, patina, yeah. and I'm looking for a tropical one, and I haven't found one yet. Um, I found Do you know one if that they is, actually exists. Yeah, that's because the question. I've never seen also. one. Yeah, I've, I've 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 always seen one with the we say piquet in French. Mm. Uh, the dial is piquet. There's, there's like small dots, so it's yes. stardust or, mm. or other. But I've never seen one with a really even patina like you can find in the in the Rolex, for example. Yes, uh, I don't think the dial is is ready for this. I think there are different types of of dials, yeah. and some cannot really turn to to tropical color. But um um. So I, 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 I've, I've seen one that is halfway halfway there, um, <laughs> but not in an even, let's say, uh, an even color. Uh, it's, it's, it's in between Stardust and Tropical. Um, so it's, it's pretty nice. And I've only seen one, so I'm trying to get it. <laughs> it's, it's strange because the, there'll be some people listening to this who aren't into vintage watches or don't want watches with patina. And mm. it's very hard to, to make them understand uh, the attraction that we can have 
to watch this with partner because before you handle them, even with the best photos or videos, it just doesn't give the same effect. And I remember when I bought, I've got a Sima Dirty Dozen, which has a crazy, uh, I don't know, like shiny golden radium, you know, the radium splattered all over the place. And until you've had it in your hands, you don't realize how nice it is. And even on photos, I knew it would be nice. But I, when I got it, it was even nicer for real. And often this watch, when I show it to someone who's not much into vintage watches, they go, wow, wow, that dial is just, you know, it glimmers, it shines, it changes with the light. It's something unique. It's something very, very different. And, uh, and a lot of people don't understand that until you actually show them a watch that has that kind of patina. I totally agree. And that's why when I buy a watch on internet, um, I know that the pictures won't reflect the watch uh, most of the time. So what I ask is also either several pictures, one uh, uh, under the sunlight and one mm -hmm. uh, at nighttime, or even better, uh, a video. Because with the video, you can see the different angles of the watch, the lights spreading on the watch. and the different effects on the dial, you can see really things clearly. So I, I totally agree. Um, it's it's really nice to to see all the different uh, all the different uniqueness that uh, that presents uh, with different angles, different lighting, and different moment of the day. And on my part, until I had that Sima in in hand, I never understood the attraction towards all those tropical Rolex subs that are dog shit brown. You know, on mm. photos, it looks like dog shit brown, mm. even, you know, like a big brown dial. And it's, yeah. it's, it's not very appealing on photo, but I'm guessing that in real light, it must be something completely amazing. Uh, I, I agree. And, and the, I kind of prefer uh, uneven patina. Your Sima is very, very nice. Um, mm. it, it has some kind of, uh, it has, it has this, this mixture of different colors also. It's like yeah. some, some part is, is, is more tainted brown and the other part is more gray. It's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. It's very beautiful. I, I prefer those patinas than very even patinas, I think. Yeah, the same here. And uh, just on the Sima, it's uh, funny because it's a military watch. It's not very beautiful to, to people who aren't into watches. And my wife usually doesn't like many of my watches. And I was wearing this one on, on a day. It was a bit sunny. And uh, suddenly she looked at my wrist and she said, "Whoa, you watch it's beautiful, <laughs> you know." And uh, I don't know, it's 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 this battered old military watch, but the way it gave out light, it was really really, really nice. And from and her words came naturally from someone who doesn't like the watch or my watches. Mm. So that's that's just to show that uh, you know it can be appealing to uh, to many people. And you're not the the only one who could pay more for uh, a watch with a with a patino. I've talked about the Rolex subs with the brown dials, mm. which 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 have crazy prices and the faded inserts. And there's a lot of faking the patina on some models uh, with uh, intensive use of ovens or or maybe like a ble bleaching. Mm. What's your thoughts on this, and uh, what's your opinion on on this kind of uh, of of fashion, maybe? Okay, um, we can we can discuss this from different point of view. Uh, I've 
I've read about all of this. Um, and I wanted to try myself. You, you talked about the oven. I bought a shitty dial and shitty hands and, and put it in the oven to see just what would happen. Uh, yeah. it was, it was interesting. The outcome was, uh, the dial would be, uh, a bit brown and the hands, the loom of the hands would be burnt, but everything would be very, very even. Um, mm -hmm. and the, the, the moment, uh, the, those come out of the oven and maybe two days later, the, the color would be, be different too. It would be much darker later on. So I just this, did this for an experiment. I threw, I threw it away. Um, but I know some people uh, really do a really good job at, at doing it. Uh, I think there's a guy uh, called Last Watch Horology or something. He, 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 he buys uh, uh, Chinese watches. I think the brand is Tiger or something. And he mm -hmm. applies uh, patina on, on, on those. It's fantastic. You, 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 could, you could mistake those for uh, real uh, patina. It's very, very beautiful. And he states uh, those are as being uh, uh, aged. Um, uh, what is was it? What is pretty um, deceiving is those who do this on high-end watches and do not sell it, and then sell them for a higher price. Very, very sad. Um, but there are also some. Um, there's a, also a kind of a craze uh, with new watches with a full patina. Uh, yeah, and yeah, like brands like WMT or Undone, uh, they have some mm -hmm. very interesting watches and their dials are pretty, pretty cool. Um, I don't think I'd buy any because the rest of the watch was, is new. The case doesn't have any scratch. Uh, the, the crown is perfect. <laughs> Everything else is perfect. So to me, it's a bit weird, you know, to have a, an old dial and a brand new rest of the watch. So. I don't think I'll buy those, but uh, they have some really cool stuff. For you, it doesn't um, have a bad impact on the real patinaed watches that have a story, that have lived their, their own lives. It's a totally different thing. Oh, yeah. There's no... Yeah? Absolutely. For me, I'm only attracted to the, to the real patina, let's say, because, yes, it, it tells a story. It, tells, um, it, it has a real DNA. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a real, uh, how to say, relic uh, artifact uh, that a relic. Yes. Yeah, it has a, it has a story. Uh, I'm I don't know about new watches with fake patina. It's it's really not my thing. I I, I mean I respect those who want to buy those uh, also because they have recreated some references that are just too expensive, yeah. like the fifty fathoms or stuff like that, and they've done a really good job. Um, but yeah, not my thing. Yeah, um, I was going to say because yeah, it's 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 more of psychological and romantic appeal then because aesthetically between the guy who does the tiger watches with patina mm. or the WMT who reproduce watches mm. that uh, you can't buy anymore because they're way too expensive, like the Rolex yeah. big crowns. Mm. Um, it's 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 the same aesthetics on a on a purely uh, a visual side. So I guess that the, the importance of the patina is more the story that's behind it and maybe the imagination we have to think about what's happened to the watch, who's worn it, how he's worn it, than the real aesthetics itself. Yes, I because guess. I know some collectors, I know some collectors who, 
who buy uh, the new empties because they can't buy the original or they buy mm. the reissue because they, the original just can't find it. Mm. So, um, and to me, that's, that's honest, you know, as, as long as you're okay with it. So I guess that, that difference, that shift, uh, when you only like you or even like me, I'm not a 14 guy. I can't stand it. Um, for myself, even if sometimes it's beautiful. What's important is more the story that's behind and probably the story we make up in our minds for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I guess, I guess new watches, I just don't feel any, any connection, even though the patina would be, would be great. And if, even if they push the thing even further, like, uh, Adding some extra scratches on on the case. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I guess even this. Uh, I, I think I would appreciate the thing um, theoretically, but uh, practically, what wearing it, I wouldn't get any any pleasure. I would I would feel like I'm faking it. So I think you can mm-hmm. really disconnect the 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 parts uh, of the of the object and also the story uh, that it tells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I have two examples. I don't know if you know the brand the Baltic. Yes. You know they have they they have the uh, I think it's called the Scaphograph, mm. which is a a, a dive watch. Uh, Aquascaph. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, that's right. It's the Aquascaph. Sorry, and uh, they have uh, several versions. You can have it in blue, in black, and you can have it with the brown yellow uh, loom. Or the white loom. And a lot of people buy it with the Fotina loom. And I think it's the most horrible version. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the black dial with the white loom because to me it's a modern watch. So there's no reason for it to have yellow loom. It's better with the, with the white loom. And uh, I was wondering if you were to buy it today a modern watch, let's say a Baltic, you know, because you wanted a, you want a modern diver, would you go for the Fotina because you like Patina, or would you go for hey, it's a modern watch. I'm gonna take it with a modern white loom and see how it stands time. Yeah, I guess if I had to buy a modern watch, uh, I would want to be perfect. Uh, so I guess I'd go with the with the white loom. But again, I mean the Baltic. Uh, I think wanted to be uh, vintage in its look, and there was a time I considered the bike compacts. Uh, because uh, yeah. it's really beautiful. I mean, the design is really lovely. Uh, in the end, I didn't, but I really appreciate the exercise. And again, I think, uh, on, on, in theory, everything is is a, is a buy for me for for the bike compacts, for example. It has a, a great case, a great dial, and everything. It's just the fact that it's brand new. It doesn't yeah. have any patina and so on. But maybe someday I'll change. I'll, I'll change my mind and maybe. And maybe you buy a watch like this, but for the Aquascaf, yeah, I guess uh, I'll go. I'd go for the, the watch. And I have another example. I stumbled. I I think you you know the uh, the French forum uh, Chronomania with the uh, for sale section. Yes. And there's a there's a Black Bay Fifty Eight Blue currently on the website, mm. which is priced at two thousand eight hundred euros, so very low price, because the guy who bought it last year, he's been wearing it. So the buckle scratched, there's scratches on, on the case. Of course, it's a recent watch. It's from 2020. But, uh, and nobody's buying it. There's some price at over 3000 that people are buying because they're like, like new, you know, like a precious, uh, like a precious, uh, jewel that you're wearing that 
that, that you don't want to harm. And I don't like the bad way 58 for personal reasons because I don't like the, the crown that's sticking out. Uh, I tried it on and, it, and I can only see that and it really annoys me. Otherwise, I think it's a great watch. And if I were to buy one, I would buy that one. The one that's, that's 300 euros less, but it's got scratches, it's got, and the guy's worn it. How do you feel about that? If you were to buy a modern watch, like, you know, the Blackberry 58 Blue is like that hyped modern watch, or you can buy this one for cheaper and it's scratched. Is that good for you or, or uh, do actually, you prefer to buy it new? This example is pretty funny because I've had some interest in this, in this watch. I very rarely, um, I'm interested in modern watches. But for example, the Baltic, I was uh, the by compact yeah. I was interested in, and actually the the Black Bay Fifty Eight uh, uh, has kind of a, a vintage also size. I think it's yeah, like six millimeters. Um, uh, but like it's, you, it's 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 thirty eight. I think yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was thirty six, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But anyway, <laughs> there's so a it's, Black Bay Thirty Six, which mm. is in black. Uh, yeah, and. Um, yeah, I've seen it and I've considered it for a moment. Like you, I've seen the crown and I thought it was pulled out <laughs> on the pictures, <laughs> yeah, but actually yeah. it was not. But I really liked the, I think it was, it's a snowflake. Uh, yeah, snowflake uh, hands. Yeah, snowflake hands and style. Yeah. So I, I agree. I mean, if I had to buy one, I would prefer it scratched. Um, I would prefer it scratched, of course. <laughs> and, and the discount, I mean, it's also relative to the price. Everything I buy, I consider the price uh, variable in it. So, I mean, if if, if it's discounted, uh, if it has a big discount, I mean, it's, uh, it could be interesting. I I have a theory that all these watches today that are a bit hyped and collectible, like, you no, know, it's like the Nautilus or the Royal Oaks or the Serbs or whatever, um, people who are buying them are taking a lot of care with those watches. Most, a lot of them are probably never worn and they just bought and put in a safe and then uh, resold and put in another safe and, uh, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure that in, uh, in 50 years time, in 60 years time, when those watches are going to be on the market, there's going to be hundreds of them brand new that have never been worn. And there'll be a few that have been battered, worn by a sailor or worn by some guy who works on oil rigs, or I don't know. And uh, and I'm pretty sure that these ones, maybe, will be worth more. Worth more than the ones that are brand new, that have been kept like uh, sacred objects. And I would love that to happen. Yeah, I think I, I think this would probably be the case. Uh, because, I mean, collectors who like vintage, they like the scratches, they like the, um, the patina. Um, I think most people prefer a, a watch with patina than an NOS version. For example, I didn't know about your Seiko Mono Pusher. I thought it was a, a contemporary watch, uh, but no, <laughs> it's a watch from the 70s. Uh, and I like the design, but I was like, wow, this is so white, uh, so clean. So I, I've looked it up and um, I've seen some version, some beaten up version on eBay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll get it. It's really cool. Uh, you know, with like a little... A little tropical patina and some scratches. It, it had way more charm. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm a bit more versatile than you in my watch collecting because I like um, I like too much stuff. <laughs> I like the high end. I like the low priced ones. I like 
Norse watches, it's 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 cool to find them. I also like beaten up. I I have a preference for for watches that kind of tell a story, like you said, and often the patina and the scratches play a role. But I do like some nice clean watches from time to time, and uh, I guess that Psycho Monopusher, uh, you can still find it in very good condition. It's a beautiful watch, very pristine. And uh, yeah, I kind of like that look on that watch. And then again, if I'm going, going to look for a military watch like the Sima, I did not want it to look refreshed or anything. I wanted it to look bare, uh, to, you know, to, uh, to have scars. And the CWC I bought recently, it's, it's the same. It's a, it's a recent watch because it's from the 2000s. But it's been worn by someone in the special forces in Britain, and uh, and it's got the scratches. It's got the it's got lots of stories. And when I received that one, uh, uh, he sent it to me in the G-Shock box, and there were two NATOs with it. There was kind of a bond NATO, which was the size for a normal wrist, probably that he wore on a daily basis when he when when he was in civil. And uh, there was an extra long, battered, humid, black, with extra holes, done with a knife. But extra long, meaning, I know, the other thing is nearly a meter long. So probably falling over a diving with suit a or, uh, yeah, or, or, or a jacket. And uh, I mean, those two straps, uh, I just put them away in the box and I'm keeping them. And it's part of uh, the, the first 12 years life of the watch. And now I put mine on, on my NATO, on a NATO I have, which, and it looks great. And it's going to be my watch for the next, uh, I don't know how many years. And uh, it's going to be my story added to the previous story. And, and that's what's really cool. But according to different pieces, I, I like watches in different states. So yeah, it's, it's that way. I'm just a bit more crazy, maybe. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> maybe. what you said, adding, adding your part of the story. The straps. I never really thought about that, but uh, but I guess it's true. I I barely keep the strap I'm I'm given when I buy a watch. I most uh, usually put a, a, another another strap for mine. But do you ever buy the watches from the first owner? Um, or rarely. have you ever? I don't know. Maybe I have, but uh, but I was not aware of. But I'm not really into military watches. I mean, um, I'm I have some interest. But I'm not very knowledgeable for the moment. Mm -hmm. I hope in the future I'll I'll gather more knowledge about those. And my interest is growing, but I didn't have so much interest until until now. But I'd like to have a, a nice thirty dozen, uh, like your Sima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've seen that oh, really cool nice ones. Buren and really nice Omega. But you know, not yeah. the one with the small second, the one with the center second. Really, really beautiful. Uh, so yeah, probably I'd like to dive into military watches in the future but those are way more interesting to have from the first owner because the, um, they have such a crazy story well i have two watches that i bought from uh, from first owner there's um, there's that cwc so obviously i'm not going to wear it on the original straps because that's the whole story that i'm not part of so i'm i wouldn't feel like like putting it on this guy's nato over a suit, no, it's it's just no. I prefer to keep that as like like you said, like a, like an icon, like a relic. And uh, but I'm going to to really keep it uh, with the watch and not throw it away. 
Um, and on the other hand, on my 1016, on the Rolex Explorer, uh, I'm the second owner. And the first owner bought the watch in 1968. And he bought it from the store on the Jubilee bracelet. And I wanted an Explorer on the Jubilee bracelet. And he wore the watch from 68 to 2017 for five days a week, every week, basically. So um, I'm wearing that, that watch on the Jubilee most of the time just to continue. And I've just have it, had it refurbished because it had a lot of, um, a lot of stretch. Uh, but for me, that watch uh, deserves to stay on the Jubilee bracelet. Sometimes I put a NATO or something else just for fun, but I quickly put the Jubilee back on. It just doesn't feel right if it's not on his Jubilee. You know, it's like, a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like someone's house. It's, you know, it's, it's difficult to change that kind of stuff. And on all the other watches, like on the Seiko, um, Monopusher, it doesn't come with the original strap. So I just have fun with lots of other things. But I guess it, it does have an impact on how you find the watch and what you know about the watch and what you do with the straps behind it. Yes, I agree. And the original bracelet is, uh, is very important too. I've also tried, for example, with my, my my Ranger uh, with this really mm -hmm. nice uh, Rolex uh, rivet bracelets. Um, yeah, I've nice. tried. I, I've tried many different straps or bracelets. Uh, very nice bracelets, but none would fit as as nicely as as the original one. So mm -hmm. I understand very much the quest for original bracelets. Uh, it's it's very important for me to have uh, the original bracelets if it matches correctly. But almost every time it matches very very well at least time correct bracelets yes yes um we'll move to something else because you've actually gone quite deep on the patina subject and you've come up with a classification so can you tell me more about this and uh, how it came up and how it's structured the classification of patina yeah well this is very unprepared material i mean um i was chatting with uh, josh from danny's vintage watch um and he has uh, really cool articles, and he wanted to talk about patinas and and wanted my my view on patina. And before doing this, I was thinking of what is on the internet. Um, has anyone done any classification? Maybe I could give my opinion on that. Bizarrely, I've only seen articles talking about patina, uh, but nothing really um, encompassing the subject. In a way that I would that would help me putting patinas in categories. So mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised and thought, why not try to do this myself? But what I've done is is very very minimal, and um, I've I've just started by throwing out you know the names of uh, the most common patinas you would uh, hear about, like tropical chocolate, caramel, and so on. And after having all those, uh, maybe browse through my collection and through other uh, enthusiast collections to see if um, one type of patina I hadn't listed. So I came up with like a, a list of, 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 of words and then I've tried to find a, com a common denominator uh, to, to see if I could build a category for, for some of them. And the biggest category, the first one I would say uh, would be homogeneous patinas or even patinas versus mm -hmm. uh, uneven or heterogeneous patinas. 
And then the I've tried to split those um, in a in thinner layers uh, for even patinas. Uh, I thought about dials that would go darker and dials that would mm -hmm. go uh, lighter and in terms of okay. uh, color. So the one that would go lighter would be the, the faded the faded dials or ghost dials. And the one that would go darker would be the colored patina. So you would start with a white with a white dial going tropical, then maybe eggshell. Yeah, eggshell, so, uh, creme brulee. Tobacco, caramel, chocolates, um, and some a bit more special with a with a pink kind of shade would be like salmon. Uh, but there are so many, so many uh, different um, colors, so you can't really list them all. But if if it's something with with dots like sparkles, like mm. uh, often with say stardust, is that even or uneven? That's uneven, right? Yes, uh, I, I guess there are different kinds of uneven. You you could have uneven, uneven, because <laughs> yes, it, it, in a in a way, uh, uh, une in uneven, I've put all the rest. So everything like polka dots, uh, mm -hmm. spider dials, uh, blister dials, radium burns, water damage, scarred paint, stardust, everything else like rust. Because usually those are really um, not everywhere on the dial. They're spread. Mm -hmm. Even if they're spread evenly on the pit, uh, on the dial, uh, they're not everywhere. They're they can be like uh, they can give the impression that they're that they're pretty even in the way they're spread out, but they're not everywhere on the dial because you can see the real dial and yeah. then this this added uh, material in it. So um, even in even if those are evenly spread out, you can have uh, other versions. With, for example, half of the dial that is covered with those kind of stuff, and then the rest of the dial is is just, uh, you know, yes. pristine or anything. So yes, or only patches or parts yeah. uh, specifically. Hmm. And do you think you can rate these, like in uh, order of preference, importance, or maybe uh, interest? Like, is it more interesting to have even patina? Uh, on certain dials or to have on the country, like you were talking about the bulova. So mm. you're looking for a tropical bulova, so for an even patina on watches that usually show an even patina. So is it maybe on this specifically on, on the bulova snorkel, is it more, more likable or more desirable to have one with even patina because it's rarer than the ones with even as an example? Uh, I guess it was an, uh, an exercise in my mind. I mean, I've seen those very nice, you know, polka dots um, on those snorkels, and I thought that everything's really nice. But it would be even nicer if it had uh, a little brown, sh uh, you know, shade on it. So, um, I mean, there are some patinas that are that everyone can like, and some that people usually do not like. Uh, you have on the very likable end of the spectrum, I would say the even patinas that are very chocolate or caramel. I mean, most of the people who like patina will say this is the patina that is appreciable, uh, likable. And on the other end of the spectrum, you would have uh, uneven patinas, uh, mostly the damaged, water damaged dials. Uh, these yeah. are pretty rough. Um, and this is where the, 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 the the blurry space of is it water damage is it damage or is it patina yeah. comes 
um, this is really the appreciation of the of the enthusiast. I mean, I like to like to some extent those uh, patinas, but I wouldn't go too far when it's really big splashes of rusty water. I do not yeah. like them, especially when the dial is pretty white and then you have those big splashes. So it really depends on who is uh, looking at the watch. Um, but I, I guess the consensus would be even patinas are more likable than uneven patinas. And in the uneven patinas, I would say that the Stardust, the Spider, uh, yeah. are the patinas that most of the, or the Radium Burnt are the patinas that pe people mostly like. But the Blister and the Moisture patinas, not everyone like. I don't really like, for example, Moisture patinas or Blister patinas. They're not very aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And here we're talking about dials, and uh, yes, I'm, I can totally go with what you're saying on the dial patina. How about everything that's loom, and by loom I'm talking about the hands and the dial. Mm. Uh, you've only classified the dials really on paper, I think, yeah? So on the loom, what's maybe what should we look out for? And what's where's the limit for you? Do the hands have to match the dial? Or is it maybe not that important? Is the color an important part? If there's misses in the loom, you know, where where are the limits, uh, at least for you? Mm. For me, it's all about coherence. Um, if the loom, the age of the loom matches the age of the dial, uh, at least aesthetically, I think it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. Then you can have this question of, do I loom the... The watch, or do I leave it original? Um, mm -hmm. This is a big question. I try to to answer myself when I when I buy a watch that is severely damaged, and I have to say, came to the conclusion that I'll try to keep the watch as original as it can be. But if uh, I know that with a reloom it would be much nicer, I won't really hesitate to get it reloom. I would get it reloom with a master reloomist who knows how to uh, create an age loom so that it, it really matches the dial and the, the era, let's say. Um, but I, I know that if I'm watching, I'm looking at my, at my watch and, and everything's really nice, but the loom, um, and I just want to keep it this way for the fact that it's original, mm -hmm. I would feel a bit disappointed because I'm not exploiting the full potential of the watch with the, the correct, let's say, aesthetics with the with the correct loom so i kind of have both i have watches that i have relumed that look gorgeous with a, a really nice finishing and some original watches i have the same state of mind and i came to the same con conclusion because i when i collected a lot of uh, let's say lesser valued vintage watches and i had a lot and i had a lot of patina and i loved the, the different patinas on the dials and on the hands and on the cases and the bezels and uh, the conclusion I came to is really it's a general from afar aesthetics uh, evaluation meaning that I had watches that had some loom missing but if it's all coherent if it doesn't affect too much the aesthetics and it's better in my opinion to leave the small holes in the hands than to refill them but if there's one whole hand with full loom and one like say the minute hand has no loom at all, then to me it's better to re-loom the minute hand because there's too much of an aesthetic difference. Same with the color. 
if there's a slight color discoloration, like sometimes you find the hands are, are a bit of a lighter green and the dial has gone brown. If it's not too bad aesthetically, then why not keep it? On the other hand, I had a Bulova wrist alarm who had really a bright uh, electric green uh, tritium loom and uh, a brownish pumpkin loom on the dial. And it just didn't match at all. It was horrendous. And I had that much reloom and it looked beautiful. So to me, it's the limit is really to, you know, is it aesthetically acceptable or not? But I won't systematically reloom if there's small differences or a problem. And I won't systematically not reloom if there's damage. Yeah, uh, I I feel the same. I, I'm not scared of having watch reloomed. And when I buy a watch, I kind of don't really care um if it's if it's missing any loom if if the if the loom on the hands is 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 cracked or or uneven or not nice because i know the potential of the watch i've seen the watch uh, when it's correctly loom either reloomed or originally so i know that if the, everything else is perfect uh it's a go for me for example this this snorkel I'm, i was talking about there i will have to reloom it because the loom is missing on the hands and and on some mm -hmm. part of the on the indices so but i'm seeing the potential of the watch uh, i know that i won't find a second dial like this so yeah, yeah i have well, to well it's probably because the dial is that way that you have to reloom the hands <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 that's also the other <laughs> way around probably and and you don't mind i mean every time i've had a watch reloomed i kind of lost a bit of the interest I had in it, personally. Is that something you feel too, or do you not mind at all? You know that watch, you've reloomed part of the hands, for example, and it still has the same appeal to you, or does the fact of having it reloomed make it lose a bit of its appeal? Um, I mean, I, I there's nothing I hate more than than a poorly reloomed uh, watch. Uh, this is is very sad when I, when I watch a loom that has you know, uh, being poorly reloomed, whether it's on the hands yeah. with the wrong color, uh, with the wrong texture, very, very plasticky, or, you know, um, when it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, on the indices, not well applied on the numbers and just, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, uh, yeah, I see on the yeah. rest of the, it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. So, I mean, this, uh, uh, I, I won't go for a watch that that's, that looks like this. And of course, if I had it reloomed and it looked like this, I would be very, very sad. But, yeah, but uh, you, you personally, if you reloom it like you like it, yeah, it, it doesn't impact the way you feel about the watch and the way you love the watch. Not at all, because if, if it's really well done, um, I sometimes even forget it was reloomed because it's it's really well done. You know, even with 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 an uneven texture, with a little splash of of black or something, it it, it mm -hmm. can really look very, very realistic. Uh, some you wouldn't even know they're, they're, they were reloomed. Uh, I was surprised when I saw some of, of the, the guy's work. Um, so to me, that's why I'm not really afraid to, to get those watches reloomed because I know the result can be as close to the original as it can be. Yes, but it's a bit like Fortina. So, so you're mm. having a vintage watch with, uh, you know, if, if you think through it thoroughly, mm. uh, you, you're buying your snorkel. Mm. With the dial, with the patina that you like, and you're having the hands reloomed, so it's for Tina basically. You know, it's it's mm. it's, it's not much different 
than uh, than when you buy an Omega Seamaster with Tonkin uh, Loom, a modern one. Where's the limit then? Because it's mm. you know, I'm I'm asking that question not to bother you, <laughs> no, no. but 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 because it's the way I felt about it when I had my wrist alarm, which was a watch that I really liked, and I wore it for a long time with the with the not very nice loom, you know, mm. aged uh, anesthetically. And then I had it real and it was beautiful, mm. but somehow for me, the watch lost a part of its soul. So does it, you know, how come it doesn't do the same for you than it does for me? I see what you mean, but I guess for me, there are some degrees um, of how you can uh, change the watch um, and still keep the soul. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, uh, you can change uh, to me at least. You can change the the crystal, uh, no problem for me, unless it's a very yeah. specific crystal, you know, with like small engraving at the center, like for the the the, the omegas or the the UGs uh, or cyclop, uh, you know, uh, yeah, lenses yeah, or something. But for the rest, I mean, I don't have any problem changing crystals. For the hands and the loom, I would say that um, it's okay in the sense that. If I hadn't done this, the watch would be to me unwearable. So for me, it's part of the restoration to make the watch um, wearable and lovely like it used to be. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't have been worn again to me. To me. So, mm -hmm. so I understand what you mean. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty hard to contradict you. I agree. <laughs> uh, but uh, to me, I'm just seeing a. When I see a watch with no loom or a shitty loom, I'm just seeing uh, unexploited potential. And when it's with the correct uh, loom, I'm, I can see myself wearing it and mm -hmm. be able to love the watch. Uh, and previously, for me, it was not lovable, wearable. So I understand what you mean, but it doesn't really affect my appreciation if it's reloomed or, or not. I mean, of course, I would prefer an original loom. That's for sure. Uh, but I would prefer a perfectly reloomed watch than no watch at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's cool. And and sometimes you just don't have a choice. Like Adam said from Mental Watches, if you want to buy a scaphograph today, you know, yeah. you won't find one which hasn't been reloomed, and and that's part of the deal. So yeah, I mean, and those 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 scaphographs. Uh, I think I've seen one with like a a very very dark green loom and i think it was original it was very beautiful but even the other ones that you see uh, with like golden looms they're very nice um yeah. they look very nice no it's it's interesting because i guess what we're seeing here is that it's very personal absolutely so according to people basically you know if you have one tip to give to someone is just to follow what they think is right and what they appreciate personally and and fuck whatever the other people uh, think about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, this is this is the uh, a summary of of, uh, of vintage watch collection, especially patina appreciation. I mean, it's really in in the eye of the the enthusiast looking at the watch. Uh, that's why it's hard to rank the patinas in terms of appreciation. Uh, some will really like the blister dial. Uh, I hate mm -hmm. them, uh, so it's really up to you. <laughs> It's really up to you. But I mean, when I reloom something and then I sell the watch, I will say, I will tell it. Yes. I will say the, the watch is reloomed. It's important. Yeah. And anyways. Unfortunately, you can't, 
you can't be sure the person following you will also state and we've yep. all known people or watches that have been sold for original and that aren't and it's pretty easy with a uv light to check so that's probably one thing well i i often say to people is just you know take a buy a small uv light mm. and when you're shopping in fairs or you know just uh up just do a bit of a uv light on it and just check if it seems normal or not but uv light you know you can still have some uh some uh, trishum, I think, with that are okay. The best way would be with a GJ counter. I bought, no, I bought no, one. But, and... <laughs> but no, you can't, because even with the Giga counter, um, you know, if it's partly relumed, mm. it will still show. Uh, oh yeah, the partly relumed is, the room. is very hard. To, to but, but the partly relumed with uh, with um, with uh, UV lights, you can tell mm. because either either they put modern loom material, so it shines more. Mm. Either they don't put any loom so it doesn't shine, or there are some who have some old stocks of tritium and even radium. And I guess, well, you know, that's fair play. If they reloom with original radium or with original tritium, then mm. I have nothing to, to say about it. Mm. But often there will still be differences because between the lots and the aging and, and they won't be stored in the same way. But uh, yeah, and often I get people who who ask, and uh, I had some uh, some questions from the crew for this podcast. And one of them is, what's the difference, or maybe, or maybe what's the limit between patina and damage? And I'm not going to ask you that, but maybe give some criteria to what's a no-go for you. So I've understood that loom is not a no-go because you can always get it re-loom, and that's okay. So if, if someone's listening who wants to buy a vintage watch and it's got no loom, and he feels like he can have it relume or find the right person, or maybe ask you, ask me, ask people who know, people who can relume, uh, and he feels like he, he's up for it, then uh, okay. But do you have any any limits that you wouldn't cross? Be it on case, bezel, dial, hands? Okay, so uh, on the dial, I mean, I wouldn't buy any dial that has been refinished or redialed, even if it's like, if it has been done even decades ago, uh, I don't like those. Unfortunately, some some watches uh, had their dials in a, such a, a poorly poorly constructed way that most of those are are redialed or refinished. Uh, mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, if you want to buy uh, some references, you kind of have to buy refurbished dials. But for me, it's a no go. Uh, some people are okay with this. Um, also. The price, I mean, I can add a maybe uh, 20, 30, 40% premium on the, on, on the patina, but I will not pay double the price of a watch, uh, even for an extraordinary patina. Uh, I kind of set the limit yet, maybe 50% uh, of the, the price of the watch. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, maybe someday I'll see an incredible patina. <laughs> I'll be ready to price pay much more. But very often on on most pieces, you often more get of a discount when you buy with patina than when you buy without. Um, and that's a good thing sometimes on, on other pieces. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I mean, lately I feel like uh, brown dials are, are very demanded. Yeah, but that's a special thing. Mm. Those, those oven-baked Rolex tropical subs, 5513s and... Uh, Oh, come on, that's just, 
well, to me, it's, and I'll say it, it's bullshit. <laughs> you know, there's tons of them. There's no, it's, it's purely hyped. It's, uh, it's not that good looking, <laughs> to be honest. But, uh, no, and, and you never know if it's faked or not. Yeah. Cause you know, you, you know, you got the nice pumpkin hands and pumpkin yeah. loom and the brown dial and the bezel is like brand new. And there's still the brushing on the case and it says unpolished and you know, it's bullshit. <laughs> and it's worth like four times what you should pay for one. Uh, yeah, that's also know. a reason why I don't really like Rolex anyways. But let, let's take a <laughs> yeah. better example. But like, let's take uh, UG Paul Routers, uh, yeah. the ones with uh, recently, most especially, but the one with the, with brown patina are very yeah. demanding. And you can see, you can see the, the premium on those uh, is very, very important. Uh, you can, you can, you can have, some of the watches uh, quoting double of the price because of uh, really because I've not followed the uh, the Paul Ruta I'm kind of looking for one, so I'm kind of following the the trends and the prices and and the one with a very nice even patinas they quote for crazy crazy prices. So that's that's going to be one example one example of the situation. And the thing with those Paul Rutas is you know I've 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 had a lot. I've had my Paul Ruta phase, so I've I know, maybe I've, I've had uh, maybe ten Paul Rutas. Can't remember, <clears throat> and um, you can't find them not basically, apart from some very rare specific models with the with the engraved logos on the dial and you know like very specific ones which have been kept, uh, you know, given for ceremonial reasons and never worn. But the the standard issued pro routers that people bought at the time, you know, they mostly use. So either they repolish, refinish, and they're horrible. Because it's typically the kind of watch that you can't uh, rehabilitate nicely. Or they're all original and pretty beat up, and to find one with even patina is 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 hard. And so, yeah, I can understand they get a premium for that. But I've not followed the market. I think they've been quite wild recently. And there's been a holding key article, which I really didn't like because I, <laughs> I I I don't know if you've listened to the to the podcast I did with. Um, about the Paul Rutas with, uh, mm. with yes, Ambla. I did. Yeah. And, uh, and it was before the Holiki article. And, um, and he was in that Holiki article. I can't remember the name of the, of the writer, but so basically the writer was saying like, you know, Paul Rutas, that's the best watch to start vintage watch collecting. <laughs> and, you know, Jesus, no, no, it's not. No. We, we did a whole podcast about how much of a hellhole it was. <laughs> no, no, don't start with the poor routers. You, know, you will get, you will get burnt. You know, it's just horrible. And and I can understand, and at least I think it's justified that you know if you're buying from someone of renown, and you know it's all original and it's been preserved and it's got this like nice patina and uh, the good crown, and uh, then I guess it it can command a premium. But uh, yeah, the prices are going a bit crazy. I don't know. Yeah, they're absolutely crazy. So I, ho I hope I can find one with a, a decent price. But to come back to your question, another thing that I would uh, recommend to look at, or at least what I look at is, well, watches with patina have uh, been deteriorated with uh, different things, whether it's sun or water or anything. So supposedly the, the, the mechanism can also be damaged. So I, of course, look at the movement to see if mm -hmm. there's any rust or anything. Um, so it's very important to, to look at those and also at the condition of the dial. Um, some patinas, uh, for example, scarred paints, 
uh, can be very, how to say, fragile. And you could, you can even see some, some part of the, you know, the, the paint yeah. on the, yeah, the, the inside of the, of the yeah, yeah, inside the, uh, you know, stuck on the inside of the crystal. So yeah. uh, it, it has to be taken into consideration that the deterioration can continue. And maybe in a while, uh, your watch will not look the same. Maybe you can classify uh, the patinas and the damage as ongoing or stopped. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so if if the dial has you know like freckles, but it seems like those freckles date from a long while ago and it's not moved that much in the past years and it's kind of a stable dial. Whereas if you see parts of the varnish are rising off and the hands are brushing the varnish because it's it's rising off the dial, or you see flecks moving around, then maybe the process is still ongoing. And then you'll have more trouble because you might find the specs you know, falling off or bits of dust and stuff like that. So yes, things to take into consideration indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was saying my, my, my sort of patina uh, category thing is, is really not finished. I just, uh, it's very unprepared. I'm, I'm sure someone can and do much better and i think uh, josh is preparing uh, something more uh dedicated and complete on the on on the topic but i was thinking like something that could be absolutely great would be have a scientific kind of point of view on the the patina i mean i'm no chemist or anything so i cannot do this but i would love to read like an article uh from a scientist who had would have studied you know the the patina like what kind of uh uh you know, material uh, uh, has developed on the on, on which mm -hmm. dials, what types of material, uh, I mean, what types of dials um, are more inclined to develop which kind of patina. And yeah, this would be super interesting to, to get. Well, there's one thing that we know is that colored dials, mostly blue and green, they tend to age pretty badly. You, usually, you know, you, you don't find many very well aged blue dials. Either they, they're still in good condition and they've not, not moved too much or they're fucked. <laughs> Basically, that's what I find. So, and, and I'm wondering, and I'm wondering, because we see a lot of colored dials today in the modern watches you know, for, for the past two years, you know, the Rolex have been coming out with the colored OPs and everyone's done them. There's also the Doxers and the, I think this year there's Oris that came out with the divers in bronze with, uh, with the colored dyes. And I would be curious to see, you know, people diving with those bronze, uh, Oris divers with colored dials, with pastel colored dyes and, and see after a few years of wearing them at the beach, what they would look like. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dial would be discolored. I'm very curious too. And and, uh, yeah. But I guess, uh, the more we'd, we advance the the less patina i guess potentially can develop i mean um for watch brands selling watches now uh, patina is kind of seen as a defect uh so for them they need to build the most robust dials as possible with the less alteration possible like uh i guess like for example the the spider dials on on submariners uh, are pretty mm. are pretty rare because it was I think a defect on a specific reference or something, yeah. and it's really considered as a defect. And then after Rolex corrected it, so uh, for them it's seen as a as a defect. So I, I guess modern watches won't age as well. Um, I mean, patina wise than than the 
vintage ones. But I'm very curious to to see what will happen. I'm I'm sure we'll have surprises. Is there's bound to be <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, wanted to ask you maybe because maybe focus more on your collection. You're a big dive watch fan, and of course you said you know that be careful with water damage. And you have a lot of uh, watches with uh, water damage dials, which are very nice. Uh, but you know, just a note to say that to be careful with the movements, because if the movement is all rusty, then uh, you can throw it away sometimes. Do you have any favorites from your collection that you want to talk about? And you, I know you're a big Deep Star, uh, Aquastar Deep Star fan, and you've kind of you've got kind of a project uh, of um, of listing and the categorizing and making a database of the different dials. Yeah, so um, I, I like the, the brand. I don't know, you know, you have some brands, you only like one reference or something, and other brands, you kind of like either everything or everything that composes a watch. Uh, I mean, Aquastar, I love the logo. I love the, uh, the case, how it was built from different uh, references. And I mean, I have a, such a crush for the the Air Star and the Deep Star and the Aquastar 60, those three references I really, really, really like. Uh, and I'd like to have those in, in different versions, but some of them are extremely expensive. And so I probably will not happen, but for, for example, for, yeah, we'll see. But for Aquastar 60s, they're still, um, they're still okay. You can still buy those at a decent price. So I, I've, I think I've had three or four of those. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very much interested into the the subject, and uh, the information is not so widespread. Um, so I kind of tried to to dive into the the air star and the the deep star. There's there's quite a, a lot of information on the internet, but those watches are not were not produced in in very big numbers, especially the air star, where I think probably hundreds. Uh, were were made and they're not even official. They were like a, a project somewhere rebuilt later on and so on. So I mean, there's a big mystery around those watches, especially the the Air Star. I guess I had a, my my interest grew uh, uh, while reading about those those mysteries on online. And yeah, I've um, came across uh, some some uh, some people who are also very interested into the into the topic. Um, but just to be clear, because a lot of people might not know uh, mm. what Aquastars are, there's the Aquastar 60, which is the basic skin diver, right? Yeah. With, uh, with the bezel, black dial, uh, several variations. Uh, there was the, the Jean Richard, there was the Aquastar Aquastar. Mm. There's the Duard ones, which are later. And then you were talking about the Deep Stars, so the Deep Stars, the chronograph. Yeah, the, the, the big eye chronograph. Um, and those are still kind of a mystery, and still until today, we really don't know exactly which version came first. Um, and actually, someone tried to answer this question. It's uh, Dr. Peter Millar, who recently published uh, the, the, the Aquastar uh, book. Uh, I've tried to help on some specific uh, topics on the Deep Star, on the, on the Air Star, to bring my... my humble and little knowledge on the, on, on the topic, but um, yeah, it's, it's very blurry which reference of the Deep Star was first um, issued. Um, you can see some pictures from the Cousteau crew 
with some of the of the of the deep stars ver uh, references. Uh, so you can also try to date them with the the ads in the the ads that were published, but it's still very mysterious. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine, uh, Watch Ever on Instagram, started to build um, a database on his reference, uh, the Maxi Dial Deep Star, yeah, and um, to try to see how many were produced. Um, and then I've joined the project by helping add adding uh, some serial numbers on other references to to our to what we believe are uh, four four different versions of the, the deep stars and we're okay. not sure yet which one was uh first so there's a version without a, a propeller the small the small second um hand that okay. is very specific to to, to the yeah. deep star it looks like a compass hand a bit yeah, um, yeah. On, on the nine o'clock part right yes exactly so there there's a version with a uh, with uh, big round uh, indices and with no propeller, which might be the the first version uh, of the of the Deep Star. There's the same with the propeller, which is the okay. the maxi dial that he has, and then there's the version that I have, which is um, the let's say the classic the, um, indices. Um, so with the small yeah. round indices. Uh, mine has mm -hmm. no propeller, and then the most widespread version, which is the the same with the with the propeller, and the last version okay. has the Valjoux uh, 23, when the other have Valjoux 92. Um, but we're trying we're trying to build a database to see uh, how many of of those were produced, which ones are the the the, the more rare, because um, there are also there are also different variations. There are the one with the rally bezel. The one with the diver bezel. Uh, there were also some Lawrence and Duard variations. So in the yeah. end, you kind of have a lot of different possibilities, and we we want to make kind of a statistics to know which which version is the uh, the most rare, and also mm -hmm. which one was the first, because it's kind of blurry uh, the chronology on the on those watches. So, so that's a work in progress, then, right? It's yeah, not published it's... anywhere. It's only in the in the works. Oh yeah, we're we're not even halfway through, to be honest. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so if anyone listening has or knows someone who has uh, a deep star, an Acostar deep star, they should contact you and send you some info, right? Yeah, that would be great. We would we we're trying to, to match. Uh, I mean, to collect uh, photos and and serial numbers, um, just to be sure we're not counting doubles uh, in our database. And um, from time to time, you see some uh, some new uh, watches popping online. Either it's on eBay, Chrono, or on Instagram. But I mean, it's it, we can still follow the the thing. It's not like you're uh, following pole routers. <laughs> there are way more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so it's 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 easier to to track them. I'd say, but it's uh, it's an ongoing project. Now we're in the phase of collecting the the Valjoux twenty three ones, and there are a lot of those. So. Hopefully, we'll be able to get something interesting at the end. Do you know that how it's going to be released? Is, is it going to be on, in a website, in a book, or? Oh no, in a book, uh, probably not. Uh, probably, yeah, it would be cool to probably publish uh, an article. I don't know where and when, but that could be an idea to to sum up our findings. Yeah, that's awesome because it's 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 a very popular model. People are really searching for those. 
And there's been a reissue recently, which has made a lot of noise. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's really cool that there's some people trying to understand more about it and to gain more info because it's true that it's a pretty obscure brand. And uh, I I personally really like the the basic skin divers, like I said, the Jean Richard, which I had, and it's. It's it's brilliant case design, brilliant design all the way through. And we're talking about the Airstar, and I don't know that that model much. So, what's that about? Yeah, so this is um, a three subdial chrono, uh, Valju seventy two, I think. Um, so okay. these were, I think, uh, kind of a project watch. Only supposedly two hundred were made. Some were rebuilt after later on. Because um, there was never officially produced, uh, I think there are something like four different versions of the dial and two versions of hands, but they are so scarce. Uh, the remaining ones are very, very rare. Uh, it's hard to track them and to know which one is a prototype and which one is just a Franken. Um, but we, I mean, I haven't started a database on it, but I think I'll do this after the. The Deep Star project, um, but it's a very interesting watch. I find it absolutely perfect uh, aesthetically wise. It it basically it looks like a Deep Star, but with three registers, right? Um, no, not not really. I maybe try to Google it um, yeah. so you can have an idea. But the logo, I mean, is is the is the same. But it's 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 very it's way more classic than a than a Deep Star. The Deep Star is pretty funky. You know, yeah, with okay. a with a crazy dial, most of the time it's pretty shiny, either brown or or gray or green or something, and a and a different subdial big eye uh, chrono uh, white. Mm, yeah. uh, the airstar is, is 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 more is more classic. Um, it's very 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 beautiful uh, into my eyes at least. So there are, there are the Jean Richard versions, uh, yeah. the Aquastar version, the transition version. So I think in total there are four different dials, um, but very very nice. rare, very expensive. And yeah, hopefully <laughs> I can get my hand my hands on one in the future. It's kind of my my grail watch, to be honest. Grail watch, yeah. So yeah. your favorite watch from your collection is the Deep Star, right? Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, it's uh, it could be it could be one of my favorite. I, I guess um, I guess I have. Depends on the on the time. I cannot say it's my all time favorite, but it's it's among my top three, uh, absolutely. But nowadays, I really enjoy uh, wearing my Yamaha Superman. Um, yeah. It's it's really it's really, I really enjoy it. But I think yeah, the Deep Star might be uh, my favorite. What's appealing about your Yamaha? Because it it doesn't have that much patina. No, but it's apart from, kind of... from the bezel. <laughs> yeah, it has a it has a Kind of a ghost patina, so faded mm -hmm. blue or faded grayish patina, which is very even. Uh, I really like the loom also. This this faded yellow um, yeah. is really very nice. I what I like is that the watch is really an entity in itself. I mean, everything is very coherent. The faded bezel, the ghost bezel with the faded dial, with this correct kind of uh, yellow faded yellow. Everything is really nice. The the bracelet also. Um, I was looking for all those parameters to be correct, and it's uh, it's not easy to find everything uh, like this. So I was I was very happy to to find it. You seem to have your own criteria of what you want 
before you buy a watch. It's not like you you find one and you didn't expect it to be that way and you have a crush on it, right? I guess it really depends because I'm like you. I can buy some unknown brands, uh, cheap watches, and 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 then I can also build my expectations on on well-known references. So, for example, the the Superman. I knew that I wanted one because I, I I saw a picture of it uh, maybe on Instagram or wherever, and I was wow, this is really a cool watch. And then I've seen another one, but with a different variation in patina or or bezel or anything else. And then I guess I narrowed my um, my preferences to yeah, this kind of uh, color of loom, this kind mm. of uh, bezel, this kind of patina to kind of uh, really build the the, the best uh, expectation of <laughs> of the watch I could get. But this is for something that is known. But there's so many watches uh, that are. Uh, to me, extremely appealing, uh, but the brand uh, is absolutely unknown. Uh, so some of the watches uh, I got, uh, I mean, I mean, probably two of the watches I get the most uh, DMs asking me uh, if I am selling it or something are are no are are unknown brands. It's the the Musette and the Polaris. And, and the yes. Polaris. I get, I, yes. I have so many <laughs> people asking me, are you selling it? And I mean, before I bought it, I. I didn't even know about the brand. Send of uh, with Musette, I didn't even know about the brand, so I don't really care to be honest about the brand. Uh, mm. It's just uh, if I fall in love with the patina and the rest of the watch, uh, it would be a go for me. But for example, I can sometimes um, uh, to 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 follow up on your on on, on this on this uh, on the track. Um, for example, I had a Squall, uh, but yes. it didn't have, let's say, a a fantastic patina to me. It has a cool loom, but not a fantastic patina. I was like, if I can find a squall with like a tropical uh, dial, that would be really cool. Uh, I haven't seen much. Is maybe the one. Yeah, is exactly. It's the it's Constantine a, squall. It's yes. a Constantina, and and when I saw it, it was like, fuck, what is this? Uh, <laughs> what is this UFO? I, I need it because it was the the only full brown dial uh, squall yeah. that I saw. So I can also build my expectation in my imagination, and sometimes with a lot of luck, it happens. But it's, uh, it's a crazy it's There were three watches. Yeah. Uh, there are three watches I wanted to talk to you about, apart from the Aquastars. Yeah. Is that Constantina Super Squall, mm. which is just it's. I mean, it's it's not just brown tropical. It's brown stardust tropical, nearly mm. like stardust on the edges. Really beautiful, and it's still got that that squarish Aquastar case, which is really cool. Mm. There's there's that one, and um, there's of course the Musette. Mm. So um, a Musette in French is that uh, old music accordion that uh, was played. <laughs> so yeah. it's a funny brand name, but <laughs> yeah, it's got. I think it's probably the the lacquer on the dial that's crippled. Mm. I think that gives it probably. kind of very yeah. It, it's it is a very matte uh yeah, I don't know, yeah, like a matte dial. Really, really cool. So you can look on his feed, the Musette and the I mean my favorite watch from your collection is the Polaris. I mean that watch with the broad arrow hand, that wide seconds with the arrow too, and those big like six, nine, twelve uh diamond indices. I don't know if it's diamond or you know, like Volcom stone. <laughs> yeah, and, so this uh, well, one. Uh, yeah, what's the story behind that one? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I've, uh, I've, I don't know why, but I, I have an interest in lookalikes. Uh, so the, the exercise started when I found um, a rotary aqua, uh, aqua plunge um, and then found another watch that looked exactly the same, with a, but in another brand. I was like, oh, that's really funny. So I, 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 I've saved those two pictures. And then um, I found another one from another brand and another one. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting because they're exactly the same watch, but they're from different brands. So in the end, I collected quite a, quite, um, quite a few. And, um, and I've written a, an article about this on a, on a blog, on chronograph.net blog. And it, it was really interesting to, to dig into this uh, subject that I didn't find any information on previously on the internet. And supposedly, uh, brands liked the, the rotary aqua plunge and in the 60s and 70s wanted to produce uh, the same watch. Um, so you have something like 20 plus uh, brands uh, who, who had their own version of the aqua plunge. And then uh, after writing this, I found, uh, you know, kind of like a, the Polaris style, but without yeah. the, 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 I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, but the sub indices, not the 12, 6, uh, 3, 9 ones, yeah, but the, the other um, ones, they're usually either not there or a bit different. But I found uh, lookalikes, uh, several ones like those. So I think I'll maybe write another article on those uh, in the future. Um, but I was like, huh, it's, it's really nice, but, uh, I don't really like the, the secondary indices. And mm -hmm. by chance I fell on this Polaris that had the, something that would, let's it's say. It's a grand shell indices. Yeah. And plus it had such a crazy brown dial. I was like, this is, uh, <laughs> this is for me. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of my favorites because, um, even without any sunlight, uh, the, the patina is really nice because you have some watches that really need sun to yeah. to 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 express the real DNA of the watch. For example, the Constantina is is a very nice watch, but you need sunlight to really understand the patina. Uh, without during the night, it's it's uh, it's pretty dark, and it loses a bit of its charm. But when it's revealed with the sun, it's like wow, a bit like your SEMA, I guess. Uh, but the Polaris, yeah. you don't even need any light. It's like just always wow. So. <laughs> I was it's really, radiant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, the Musette is, is is interesting too because it has a very very unique um, patina. Uh, this is really Sardis patina, but you kind of feel the different layers of patina of different kind of types of patina on the on the dial. You have the start a kind of layer of stardust, but maybe you have a a very small layer of moisture, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe. Uh, I don't know, maybe some part out of it tropicalish. So it's uh, it's the the addition of those different layers of patina that makes it very unique, and it and you, you it really gives you a, a feeling of deep deepness. Like you feel the the dial is so so deep. Mm -hmm. um, it's very strange. Uh, I can look at the this dial for hours. <laughs> it's very <laughs> very interesting. And do you do you still have a lot of skin divers in your collection? I don't know what what your collection is like at the moment. You have a lot of watches, and you still have a lot of those rotary lookalikes. Yeah, so uh, I was very interested with those rotary. So I think I bought three of those. Um, now I have still three, but I'm selling two. Um, 
I'm keeping one, uh, which is the, the first one I bought, which is the QPRIM. Uh, so uh, that was made, I think, not so far from where you live. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> and this close. One I'm, yeah, and this one I'm, I'm keeping. Um, but the other ones, the, other two, the two other ones are, I'm selling. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I have. Mm, I, ha- I kept most of the skin divers that I have on Instagram. Some I sold. But most of them, I'm, I'm, I've kept. Okay. How many watches do you have in your collection now, roughly? Uh, now I'd say something like um, maybe forty, between forty and fifty. But I'd like to narrow it to something like thirty. I'm, I'm probably selling fifteen plus watches uh, now. So hopefully, I can, I, I can sell those and, and reinvest into some other. Patina <laughs> finds <laughs> finding some new patinas. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you know who to call for the Jean Richard. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and do you have any favorites from other people's collections? Some watches that every time you see on Instagram, you go, "Wow, I wish I had that one." Yeah, of course. I mean, the the most recent one was the one I saw like a few days ago. Uh, is my cup of time. He he posted a, a zodiac seawolf with a very very light brown patina, and I was like, "This is what I'm looking for." Of oh course. yes, because you know this this is a watch I've been looking for a while. Uh, but yeah. I, I every time I look at the watch, uh, there's something that I don't like, uh, the, especially patina wise. I've seen some very dark browns, uh, mm-hmm. but the loom was not very nice on it. So every time I've seen something, even with a nice tropical dial, something was wrong. But his is absolutely perfect. And I was like, wow. Yes. Wow. So it's at, it's at my cup of time in one word. And yes, I just seen his post. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's been a watch I've been, I've been looking for a while. And every time there's something that is not right. I've seen hundreds of those and there's every time something wrong. And his is absolutely perfect. Oh, and he's got a guilt dial 1016. My gosh. <laughs> he has a lot of great watches. <laughs> Another watch that I always like is, of course, uh, my friend's uh, watch ever's um, Deep Star Maxi dial. Uh, his watch is absolutely beautiful uh to me it's the most beautiful deep star around um another french collector watch underscore ever right yeah 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 it's it's with uh, him that i'm building the he he built the the database and i joined the the project later on um so he has a a great knowledge of the maxi dials and deep stars um but yeah his his watch is fantastic fantastic every time i see it some uh he's even got some steel nsa aquastar branded uh bracelets (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Before. I think he had yeah. a, at some point three of those. Uh, they're super rare now. You know, they're even you know that those bracelets are even more rare than Deep Stars nowadays. It's that's the funny thing. Yeah, it's an amazing collection too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, well, I think we we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, that are yeah. I think we've kind of uh, gone around the circle. That was really cool. Did you have Absolutely. anything to ask, maybe, or to talk about? You wanted to talk about special um, stories or something? Yeah, sure. When I, I would like to talk about your, your collection a bit. You've collected a lot of vintage watches, but recently, the most recent feats you've, you've displayed are, are 
let's say, either NOS or contemporary watches? Have you lost a bit of taste into the the old beaten <laughs> patina watches? Or what's your what's your opinion on that? Well, I've just bought a Universal Genève uh, 32.5mm okay. <laughs> with a beat-up case with some patina with the radium uh, with radium room that's not even. And uh, so, no, I don't. But, uh, you know, I I kind of enjoy everything. And I guess there's so much is I want in certain... It, it's, it's a bit like you, but you want certain watch with a certain patina. And I want certain watches with certain condition. Mm. So, like, f for these Seikos from the 60s, I like the Mono Pusher. It's a very bright watch. And I really wanted a very bright watch and a very clean one. And, um, and I mean, no, the one I have isn't NOS. It's not new old stock. Uh, anyways, it, it, it does have some, some scratches, but it's well preserved. And that's what I wanted for that particular watch. On the other hand, I've got one of the latest ones also, which is new old stock is the lip Roger Talon watch. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, no, but I'm going to uh, look at it now. It's just, yeah, it's a square blue one. I've not posted much of it because for a very simple reason is that, uh, uh when you find them, they're pretty beat up, mm. but they're not nicely beat up because it's, it's, it's anodized case. I think you have to scroll down to, the on my feet to the 28th of February to find the lip. It's a blue watch, blue okay. square watch from from Roger Talon. Maybe okay. there's a wrist shot. And uh, basically the cases, they get used and they're not very nice. And they're very rare to find in good condition. And the blue one I'd never seen before, basically. And if you search for a blue Roger Talon automatic like this, you just, uh, yeah, there's one, uh, there's just one wrist shot. Well, actually, if you find the vintage hen house on my feed, there's the last episode. You can find mm -hmm. it easily. And then there's the episode just before that. And I, and it's the post just be, just before. It's a blue, blue square watch. Okay. And that one is, is oh, yeah, new old stock. Yeah. And that mm. one is new old stock. But they really aren't very nice when they use and they don't patina. They just basically, uh, have, uh, have dents and scratches and the case is not nice looking. And I'd never seen a blue one. So when I saw it, I just bought it without <laughs> even thinking. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult because the bracelet is very fragile. It's in plastic and it's got, uh, lines, encrusted lines. So when you bend it, you think it's going to break any moment. <laughs> so, so I'm searching for a blue bracelet for that one. And no, just the blue watch is hard to find is like impossible. And the bracelet is even more impossible, but it's such a cool watch and such a very qualitative watch. When you have it mm. in your hands, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome. So I still wear it and I'm being a bit careful and, and I'm just hoping to find a used bracelet so I can wear it more. But that kind of watch, you know, then they're not very nice when they're patina. But I, but the CWC I bought has patina. I bought another lip watch, time only, which has patina, and I've got the Sima, which I really enjoy. And you know, I, I just, I just guess it depends. But I've not lost the love, and I've actually been looking for a skin diver now. I've been wanting to buy a skin diver back, so I'm really regretting my Aquastar now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking for a skin diver and I just fell in love with the, with the latest release from uh, Dietrich watches. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure uh, I know what that is. 
No, yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a independent micro brand. Okay. And he came up with a, they have very organic designs, and but but usually big watches and the skin diver that just came out is thirty eight millimeter. It's all sapphire, so there's great depth, and I really like it. So I bought my model skin diver. So I'll receive it in October. I'm very happy. But I still got, I think the next piece I want is a nice, a nice skin diver. And you can't find them nice if they don't have a bit of patina. So either a Jean Richard <laughs> or something in the look of your, of your, um, of the one we're talking about, of the Polaris. Like the Star 60? Another oh, Polaris, yeah. Yeah, or the Polaris. Well, no, all these cases. And yeah. I've had a lot of, I, I've had a lot of different, skin diver cases and I have to say mm. that those Aquastar 60 cases or the squad ones they're the best yeah they just agree. they have great design they're sturdy they have a modern size a modern look um, so maybe I'll you know if you're saying that you're going to sell a few maybe I'll just keep an eye out <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows who knows <laughs> what can I ask about the, the, the just this last question your Bulgari watch I don't know anything about this and I'm a bit surprised of, uh, about this watch. Maybe can you tell me something about it? Uh, the Bulgari is, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked a lot about it and it's a watch I talk a lot about. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, they came out a few years ago and uh, they've just come out this year with a perpetual calendar. So breaking okay. another world record. But basically, they, they came from the Octo line, Bulgari Octo, which are classic uh, steel. Uh, normal thickness watches mm. and they redesigned a new line, uh, the Octo Finissimo extra thin in titanium so there's the automatic the, the skeleton version manual wind Are those in, in-house movements? Or what are those? Yeah, yeah well uh, Bulgari bought, bought the Gerald Genta uh, movement maker yeah. uh, so, so basically the, the movements are made by, by Gerald Genta, which is owned by Bulgari. So we can say that it's in-house movements. So okay. it's all in-house movements, uh, own design. And basically they are breaking all the thinnest watches world records. So the one I have is the thinnest automatic watch. They have the thinnest chronograph with a GMT function too. And they came out this year with the thinnest perpetual calendar. So before it was, uh, Audemars Piguet, who, who had it on their Royal Oak. So now it's Bulgari. And they have the thinnest, the tourbillon and the thinnest. And basically they're at seven or eight world records now. So each year mm. they, they, they come out with a new version. But they're cool because it's titanium and I like modern watches with a modern design. So I, I, I'm not much of a vintage reissue guy. So I like that one because I mean, to me, there's no point today in buying a Nautilus. Or a Royal Oak because it's basically reeditions of uh, 1970s design. So you're better off buying uh, the original one, from my perspective. So if I want to buy a, a modern watch, I'm going to buy the Tudor Pelagos as a diver, or the Bulgari as a kind of a dress watch or sports steel watch, um, because you get a modern design for a modern watch, and I guess that's the best way to go rather than buying a reissue. I don't know, what's your thoughts about reissues? Like the Aquastar reissue, for instance. Yeah, I guess... You must have uh, an opinion on that. Yeah. Uh, on reissues, I guess, it really depends on the scarcity of the original watch. I mean, 
some reissues are really not necessary. It's just because the brand had no idea mm-hmm. and just, just you know, uh, pick into the, the things that worked in the past. And they're pumping them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess for some watches, it, it can be really interesting to have some some uh, reissues. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, a very knowledgeable or 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 appreciate especially the the, the blanc pins, but I guess their reissues are kind of make sense because the old 50 fathoms are so pricey. So I guess it makes sense. Uh, for the Aquastar, um, for the Deep Star, yes, they their reissue was was interesting. I guess it makes sense because this watch is is pretty rare. Uh, it's hard to find if you're not really into the 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 Aquastar, let's say, uh, group or anything that is Aquastar related, because mm-hmm. you don't find that many on on eBay or on Chrono Twenty Four. Sometimes and they come they come upon they come up, but they're they're pretty pricey um, and they're all very different. So it's hard uh, for someone who's not really n- into those to to be able to. To decipher whether it's a it's a it's a good watch or not, uh, if if it's overpriced or not, it's very difficult. So, I guess it it made sense for them to to reissue the the, the Deep Star, um, but I mean it's it's very different. Um, the, it's but what bigger. about the size though? Yeah, what yeah, about the size. Well, for me, um, for me, it's it's too big. Uh, for me, it's too big. But because I like the original, uh, the original watch, I have to say on the dial on the hand, it's very close to the original. Uh, but of course, it doesn't have any, any patina, but has, a, I think, a nice sunburst effect. Uh, all in all, it's a very nice watch. I'm not going to buy it because in addition to, to, to being uh, bigger, it also has an automatic movement. And, and it's, it's, of course, not a Valjoux movement uh, anymore, but Valjoux Ferret, I think. Um, so I mean, there there are a lot of differences that makes the watch uh, pretty far from from what it what it was. Uh, but I think it had a very good echo in the in the watch world. Uh, I think people were really happy uh, to be able to to get their hands on a Deep Star because they couldn't get one on a on the vintage yeah. one because it's very it's very rare. So I think it kind of answered the demand. So it made sense. It made sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna buy one. <laughs> I just always wonder what the future is going to be for those brands that mm. come out with these with these reissues. Be the, for example, the Nevada Grenchens that mm. come out. Okay, so they're reissuing some some designs. What are they going to do next? And same yeah. for the deep for the deep star. You know, okay, so they're reissuing an Aquastar. What are they going to do next? You know, are they going to come up with something new with the I it it I kind of worry about the about the future of those releases on my end. Whereas if you take Baltic, which we've talked about, they're vintage inspired, but they come up with their own designs, so they can come up with new ones, and they just came out with the dual crown one, and, uh, and maybe they'll come up with a chronograph in a few years' time. I don't know, but somewhere it's coherent because they're not pumping out of an original of an already existing design, but they're making their own source basically. I think um, Aquastar and Nevada's exercises is the most difficult because on the one hand, they try to revive a brand. So they need to satisfy 
the expectation of the former Aquastar Nevada fans uh, to be able to stick with the story of the, of the brand and, and be able to validate uh, the new brand, the new issues, because it will be kind of uh, the, the, the long-term fans, the ones who had supported the brand for many years, to say, okay, this is a, this is a success or not in terms of, I don't know, of, of output. But on the other hand, uh, the goal of those reissue is to be able to sell those watches to a, to other to another type of uh, collectors, maybe uh, contempt uh, modern watch uh, collectors uh, mm -hmm. who who formerly were the collectors of the Aquastar. So I guess it's very hard to answer uh, demand and also make the the real fans of the the long term the long time fans happy about it. Uh, like you said, they're gonna they they reissue the the watch. Maybe they're gonna reissue another one. Uh, probably will be a success. But what about the rest? When they'll try to innovate and 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 issue a brand new uh, reference, uh, this will be the real uh, the real challenge. Uh, and and if it if if this is a is a success, then I guess uh, they will be they will be happy about how uh, everything turned out to be. But it could be a huge failure or two. Uh, so it's a big risk. It's a big risk, and, and I'm kind of even if I'm not interested in modern watches, I'm interested into what Aquastar will release. Hmm. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. What we usually do is uh, give some Instagram recommendations. So uh, you've already given a few um, a few shoutouts, which I'll mention in the show notes. But who would you recommend? Uh, people to go follow on Instagram or maybe any other source of information that you would maybe uh, tell people to go look into? Yeah, I think I, I have to mention too because I'm into diver watches but also in some dress watches. For, so for diver watches, I would recommend uh, Phonograph uh, in French uh, with an E at the end and S, plural. Uh, he has a great, great collection of, uh, of diver watches. His blog is also really cool. I've uh, participated with uh, two articles on the, the Aquaplunge, but he has a great, great knowledge on divers. So I would recommend yeah. this. So it's, uh, it's at chronographs in French, so with an E at the end and an S and an underscore at the end. Yeah. Fred Chron. Yeah. And the second. So he's the owner of the website chronographs.net. Yes. Chronographs.net. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second would be ideologist with a three instead of an e. Um, yeah. uh, so this collector uh, is uh, mainly uh, focused on dress watches and is, is specialized in the uh, GLC and uh, and UG. Uh, and he has a really really interesting collection uh, too. And he's got some nice tropical uh, pole routers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> One I do like a lot. One I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Having, <laughs> I can see the the interest in the idea. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, at ideologist with the three instead of the e. Two French collectors then. Vive yes. la France. Vive la France. <laughs> I'm going to recommend uh, a German uh, watch dealer who goes by the Instagram handle of at goldhammer.me. So goldhammer, it's a gold. Uh, a double M E R dot M E, uh, German collector, uh, well, German brothers, collectors, dealers. 
and uh, they always have an awesome collection of vintage watches for sale. A lot of dress watches, but uh, always very elegant and often with a lot of patina and different styles of patina and sometimes some patinas that you know are at the limit of being really nice, but they still are. And the, what I really like about the account is that the photography is amazing. And it's, you often easily find great photographers of modern watches. There are a lot on Instagram, but great photographers of vintage watches, it's more difficult. And I, and I think they are the best at, at that sport. So goldhammer.me and, uh, they've kind of been very active recently. Uh, with the stories and guides about buying vintage watches and it's very interesting so a very nice account to follow and I know I, I've been eyeing some of their pieces for a long time and I'll probably get one one day yes I I, I agree uh, about what you said and and they have really a very specific way to to take pictures and you would instantly recognize uh, those you know uh, these are uh, their pictures I think this the same with uh, shock the oyster they have a way of yeah. taking vintage watches in, 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 a, in a very particular way and you would instantly recognize their picture. And it's, it's funny you've mentioned Goldhammer because uh, they've done some, uh, some stories on, uh, on the patina and, and yeah. linked my account at the end. So shout out to them. Uh, they're super nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Can you remind people where they can find you, how they can contact you to share with you their, their knowledge of the Deep Star, amongst other things? Yeah, sure. So I guess on, on Instagram, uh, I'm the underscore patina underscore boy, and I'd be very happy to, to talk with uh, anyone who's an enthusiast about watches uh, to learn from you, let you know yeah. some part of uh, things I know you're interested Go check out his awesome collection. Look out for the Polaris, for the Deep Star. There's lots of great watches. Concerning Fifth Wrist, do leave a review of your watch on the Fifth Wrist website. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, follow all the podcasts uh, from Anthony, from Alex, from Roman, from all the hosts, all the shows. There's lots of great stuff happening. And if you want to get involved, we have a Slack group. So contact any of the podcast hosts. Uh, to get involved in the Slack group where we have a lot of fun. It's like a big forum. Follow Fifth Wrist also. And uh, before we leave, I have one last question for you, Guillaume. What is your next watch going to be? <laughs> um, I think it will be, depending on the opportunity, uh, I it will be one with Patina, but which one, I don't know. Maybe the Snorkel, if I if I can get an agreement on the price or... Or or another one maybe the <laughs> the Zodiac Seawolf if, if he agrees <laughs> yeah. to sell, uh, but I don't know I don't know uh, but I'm also very excited to know which one will be the next one. Awesome awesome answer and wherever you are on the globe stay on time. Mm-hmm.